Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Liverpool 1, West Brom 1. Not a lot of fun. Um, and to pick the bones out of this tonight, I've got Andy Bell in Belfast. Banger, banger. Banger, yep. Banger, Northern Ireland. Yes, Andy, how are you this evening? A very Merry Christmas hat, and that was the, the yeah. nail of it then, I suppose. What would yeah. you saw? Aside from football, Christmas has been good. You know, we uh, had a, a fairly small gathering, social distance and all. So, like, it wasn't as bad as what I thought it would be. A month ago, I had the grandparents on, on Zoom. Uh, I took home the Trivial Pursuit crown for the second year in a row. So, I was happy with that. Shame the Reds couldn't um, do the same. But, yeah, it's it, it, it's been all right. It's been all right. Um, it was nice to have the 7-0 before Christmas really put me in the mood for it, and then, yeah, that was a bit drab. But I'm sure there'll be loads of teams dropping points over this period. Uh, I think City they play tomorrow after having played on Boxing Day, and we've got a bit of rest in between these games. I think we've actually the most uh, of any other team. So uh, I'm still confident for the next couple of games, and I'm still confident that uh, number 20 is on its way. Yeah, well, uh, the Reds are certainly not in a trivial pursuit of anything. See what it did there. Um, to not laugh at my terrible, terrible jokes, um, I've got Chief out in Berlin, Neil Patterson. Chief, how are you? Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. That really was the Happy New confirmation. Well, thanks, thanks for that. No, that uh, that game tonight really did signal an end of the holiday period. It certainly did. It it, it pissed on our parade, as they say. So. Um... So yeah, pissed on our pissed on our chips. So uh, we'll we'll be chatting about that. But otherwise, Christmas was good, and I suppose it's not that bad. We're we're top of the league, obviously. Obviously, uh, chance lost to go further ahead, but um, could be worse. Yeah, could always be worse. Could always be worse. Could be Arsenal. Um, could be fat. Could be Frank Lampard. <laughs> um, and finally, I've got Spiral Agus out in the Netherlands. Spiral. Merry Christmas, past, and how are you this evening? Thanks, thanks, and uh, uh, Merry Christmas to you too. Uh, uh, and it is, it is past, yeah, yeah. It's it, it was like um, a fat Grinch with, with his uh, his mask on his chin, st- stealing our uh, <laughs> our holiday fun. But uh, yeah, uh, it's yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm getting over it now. A few hours later. Yes, so now that we've all calmed down, got the last of the anger out of our systems, systems directed mainly at offici- offici- officials and their officiating, um, they're all, um, it all started so well and it all looked so, looked so rosy when 1-0, one 1-0 uh, one up after, you know, 11, 12 minutes, but there was just something missing about the performance today um, and ultimately, I think, Maybe maybe we didn't get what the performance deserved based on the balance of play, but I think we probably got what the attitude that was brought to the game deserved today, which was a very rude awakening. Yeah, I, I think you you put that um, uh, absolutely right. Uh, yeah, it, it we were totally dominant in uh, in the first half. I was watching this on Dutch TV and and uh, and the the commentators uh, in, in between and the analysts um, 
uh, were agreeing that it w- that we were dominant, and they were asking themselves if we would we would break uh, the the record for possession in in, in a, uh, which is I think 82 percent, and we were at 85 percent at the uh, at the first half. But th- there was something lacking. Uh, I agree, and and it it, w- it was showing uh, already in the first half. But um, uh, West Ham, uh, not West Ham, sorry, West Bromwich Albion w- weren't um, weren't trying to do anything in the first half. So it, it wasn't as showing as as it was in the second half. And uh, you know, Mane's goal was brilliant. I think uh, it, it was a good assist by uh, by uh, Matip. Uh, he he he, uh, and he being uh, Mane. Took the ball very well and he scored it, um, you know, magnificently. And everything was set up to to just, you know, uh, win this game. Um, but we didn't. And I, I did. I, I think, and and we all saw this. Uh, we we lacked intensity. We we lacked um, a bit of concentration. I think. And this is not something new. And we all know we we have uh, dropped points against, um, you know, teams that are. Uh, in the lower half and 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 even in in uh, in, in positions, uh, I know we dropped points against Fulham and against Brighton and 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 now against uh, West Brom, um, and, and we win games against Leicester and against uh, um, Tottenham Hotspur last week and Wolves, uh, all teams that are way better than the other teams that I just uh, named. Uh, and I, I think this is a mentality question. You are you are right. I, I think we weren't at 100%, and we aren't the sort uh, of team, we aren't the type of team that, that can win games when they're not at 100%. Uh, it's, it's like Pep Landers always says, uh, uh, and it's a bit of a, a marketing slogan-like, uh, but you know, uh, it, our, our, our intensity uh, is our game, and if we are not 100% intense. It's it's like we are a zero percent intense, and yeah, and and this wasn't enough, and we we didn't. I, I didn't think we we could uh, bemoan um, uh, West Brom their their point in the in the end. Uh, you you have to to score goals um, more goals than than the opponent if you want to win the game, and 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 uh, we have dropped points. Uh, when there were some really contentious decisions um, at the base of that, but uh, you know, I think their goal um, wasn't totally fair. But then again, yeah, th- this wasn't what decided this game, and I think uh, that we have only ourselves to blame. And I-, I think this was a mentality issue. Um, you're right. I think. Yeah, it's Andy. It's it's very much two points thrown away rather than two points dropped. Um, We've done the hard bit, I guess, um, in the minds of most people, which was getting the first goal and getting it early. Um, And from that position, you know, you expect us to go on and do the business and get the points. Um, But there was, there was a various Examples throughout the 90 minutes where we just didn't look ourselves, where we weren't, as Beryl says, probably mentally in the right frame of mind for this game. Um, and it kind of manifested itself in some of the decision making on the pitch. Uh, yeah, I'm not entirely sure it's a mental thing, to be honest. I think just sometimes we struggle a wee bit with teams. Obviously, like very often we come up against low blocks and 
and teams that play five four one or four six zero, whatever it is. But I think Sam Sam, like as much as I dislike him, he's so good at it. He's so good at organizing teams like that. He's so good at I think he said in his pre match interview, making it awkward. It seemed it was always dead awkward for us. Um and first 20, 25 minutes, like when we're getting combinations, where we're creating chances, we get the goal. It's a, it's a great finish for Mane. He's, he's brilliant at that finish where he takes up in the chest and just lashes it in. It was, uh, remind me a lot of his goal against uh, Man United in that game that I think got Mourinho sacked in the end. Um, but it's, it, it, yeah, first 20, 25 minutes, I thought, you know, I was going into the game and I didn't expect to be entertained. I expected us to get the win, but I didn't expect to be entertained. And first 20, 25 minutes, as I say, I was entertained. It was really good to watch uh, without creating massively clear-cut chances. Uh, but obviously the goal, is it seems so easy and it was so clear-cut. And I thought, you know what, we'll be 2-0 up by halftime. We'll win it 3-4-0 in the end. It's no problem. Sal Allardyce, he's working with championship players. He's working off a week pretty much after Villa hammered them. And I just thought it would be okay. And it just didn't really turn out that way. And and I think the worst thing about it is, like you used to say about these teams that came and were so defensive as they were, you used to say, oh, once we get one goal, they have to come out and their game plan goes out the window and they have to attack. Whereas I think with Allardyce sides, and I think we saw it in that game where he, one of his first games with Everton when they come to, to Anfield, um, I think it's two or three years ago, the one all the Calvert Newton Pawson diddle, whatever it was. I think it, <laughs> Sam Allardyce is happy at one nil until about seventy five minutes. I think he says to his players, "This man's one nil down at half time here is absolutely fine." And uh, I think that's because, well, especially with VAR, goals are being given, penalties are being given for mad things, and you'll always get a couple of corners, you'll always get a chance or two. Um, if you stick in, if you stick in there, and I think it becomes, it has become now that you need the second goal to really, to really force a team to change their tactics if they're playing like that. Um, but I don't know. I think, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a mentality thing really. I think we've seen too much brilliance in that regard from this team over the last two or three years when it's been mentally tough, when the chips have been down, to sort of throw that at them. I just think. Sometimes when a team plays like that, and I think it's I think it's the most defensive team and the most defensive manager in the league, and I think we just struggle a little bit. And because we have slightly more control over games recently under Klopp, I'm talking since really Van Dijk came in, whereas the likes of Man City are just hell for leather, you know what I mean? And I feel like teams like that maybe create a few more clear-cut chances in those games, and maybe it's just my reverse bias watching it and, and, and persecution complex, whatever it is, but it, it did seem that we really struggled to create those those clear-cut chances until really the last minute when Firmino uh, forces that save from, from Sam Johnson, which I actually didn't really get excited about because I thought it was offside, but no, um, I think Thiago makes a big difference today. I think Thiago makes a massive difference and because uh, he's a guy that can sort of shift at that half yard and, and find that pass maybe half a second quicker than a Wijnaldum or a, or a Henderson can. Um, and I think he was brought in for that. Um, and I think once he's back now, which touch wood is, uh, is for Newcastle, I think we'll find it a lot easier against these sorts of teams. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed, but um, disappointing overall. No doubt about that. Yeah, disappointing is the word, Chief. And I think... These are these are the games that you expect us to win. We this shouldn't be this shouldn't be a contest. This shouldn't be we shouldn't be one nil. And as Andy Reddy says, one nil, nil nil to one nil. It doesn't change how they play. It doesn't change their approach. Um, only when it gets to two nil, 
we almost play like 1-0 would change their approach and that is the job done today in my eyes um, Robertson has been quoted after the the game as saying um, once you get slack you get what you deserve West Brom stuck their game plan wanted to be 1-0 for as long as possible and we let that happen credit to them but um, all of us made mistakes in the second half which can't happen and this isn't the first time this season. And if we're going to go and retain this title, these type of performances are going to have to have to stop and we're going to have to start putting these smaller, more robust sides, I'll be as kind as I possibly can. We're going to have to start putting these sides to bed. No, absolutely. I mean, it's three times we've lost, or dropped points, sorry, lost points. Uh, against three of the the worst teams in the league this season. Um, now that's West Brom added to the list, and you know we've drawn with Fulham one each, and we have also drawn with uh, who, who was the third one? <laughs> I've got to edit Brighton. That one. Brighton. Come on, Dave, help me out with this. Edit that. <laughs> yeah, Brighton. Also, oh, I see. We've also we've also drawn with with Brighton. Uh, so three. So I'll do that bit again. So he does edit it. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that's that's. I mean, we've dropped dropped now six points against three of the worst teams in the league this season. Um, obviously, it's Fulham, it's West West Brom, uh, and it's Brighton. And yeah, I can I can get behind a little bit of what Andy's saying there in terms of Allardyce being able to organise a team, but um, I think he's benefited today from from what Dave just quotes Andy Robbins, Robertson is saying. Um, slackness, slackness, slackness. Um, I would also agree with, with what you said, Dave Dunning, about uh, playing as if 1-0 was, was the end of the game. Um, and I think, I, I don't know, I've noticed it myself, and I, I would call it complacency. I don't think it's a mentality thing in terms of mental weakness. I think almost the opposite. In a sense, um, is it arrogance? It's arrogance for me. Uh, it's it's oh yeah, there's the first one. We'll we'll certainly score more now without ever actually bothering to create that chance that definitely makes it too. You know what I mean? It's a little bit tortoise and hare, hare and tortoise, if you will. Um, we almost score too early, and when we do score, I'm almost a bit fuck. It's taking us that long. So I'm complacent at home. I'm sure other people were. I'm sure people were expecting a cricket score today, and it wouldn't surprise me if if there was just a little bit of an eye off the ball. The last time we saw that was um, was against Fulham in the run up to to to, to Spurs, I think. And we go and batter. We go and beat Spurs comprehensively uh, in terms of the the performance, and then we go and absolutely destroy Palace. Um, but Eye off the ball again, eight days training, no game, bit of time off maybe over Christmas and we've come back and we hit the front early and, and then fail to capitalise. Um, I, I also agree with Andy, we have historically had issues with breaking down a, what would you call them, a low block uh, side, but I think we pretty much banished those and... Um, I think, again, we had the chances in that first half. We get in behind. And I know we don't create absolute clear-cut chance, but we should be, is what I'm saying. We should be clinical enough to create that chance and score that goal. And we should be out of sight by half time. But it's becoming a pattern. Um, and I think we just need to, to nip it in the bud. And every time this team 
does face a question about whatever it might be. Like we were questioning the away record uh, a few weeks ago and they go and batter Palace 7. Other people have mentioned it in the press. It was a thing that Sky were picking up on finally. Uh, another thing to kind of wave in our faces and, and hope that that uh, has an effect. Uh, and it didn't. And this is another one. And we need to we need to put that to bed by going away to Newcastle and, and battering them on Wednesday. Um it's eminently possible uh, and plausible that we go away and do that. And yes, bringing a Tiago, somebody like a Tiago back in or a Kaida, for that matter, does help us uh, pick locks in these games. But honestly, I don't, I don't think that would have been a problem today if we'd just been on it. And I don't think we were. And I'm just having a quick flick through things at the moment. And that seems to be the general vibe from the manager, from Andy Robertson, as was mentioned there earlier. Uh, I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of quotes. We got what we deserved. Uh, West Brom deserved the point, and so on and so on. And when you when you hear that from uh, from the likes of club and from the players, then you know they know it themselves that they weren't at it, they weren't on it. So yeah, it's one you just have to write off. As I said, we've got uh, we've got now three shocking results against three of the worst um, worst teams in the league this season on paper, uh, and teams that I think will finish in the bottom three. Um, as well so you can't really dress it up any other way and if we contrive not to win this league you're going to be looking at those games these games and saying well that's where you lost it uh, that's where we lost it but we are still top it is still ours to lose and I don't think there are any other teams that are really going to challenge us the big caveat or the big point on that is that's only if we if we play to how we, we can and we should and we expect keep turning up like that and um, we're going to struggle. But touch wood, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, uh, that's fair. That's fair, Chief. Beryl, the, another reason why, we're gonna, why we may struggle is, again, and this feels like it's going to become a recurrent theme um, throughout the season, is the centre-back issue. Um, Maddop goes down again. Reese Williams comes on, and I think... Um, it was very evident from, and it's di- don't get me wrong, it's difficult coming cold into a game like that. The kid hasn't even had time to warm up properly, um, but he gets caught out a few times. Um, I don't think his header from the Jones mistake is the best header in the world. I don't necessarily feel he has to head it out for a corner, and he also gets absolutely done for pace. He looked like he was a yard faster than Treacle when he was chasing your man back for the big, big chance that they had. So, you know, that's a real weakness, which they looked to exploit whenever whenever Williams came on. And I think something that Jose was criticised for not doing. Um, and to be fair to them, they did. They went down that side when they come on and they got joy out of it. Um, what are we going to do there? It's something that I think we all now recognise is going to have to be addressed. Um, that's eight days off. Maddox had, so you can talk about the two, you know, the the two games a week thing. We can't do two games a week. Well, he hasn't played in any eight days, and he's rocked up there, and it looks like a looks like his groin. I think. Um, so, do you see us doing something definitive in January, or is it going to be a stopgap? Well, um, well, we don't do stopgaps. Uh, uh, 
well, we, we tried once and it, it didn't work. Um, but yeah, it, it it is obvious to me, and um, yeah, and I know I'm just a fan, but you know, it's obvious to me that we need to, we need to do something. Yeah, yeah, uh, we, um, we we've seen uh, we've all seen that the pictures of, of of Virgil already training, and and he will be back, and he will be back uh, sooner than everybody thinks. And uh, but but you know, uh, and even if he's sooner back then we all think that it will be March and uh, the the season will be won or lost at that point um, so that's one thing but you know he will be back okay but um, with Gomez we we can't say that definitively because uh, the, the type of injury he has and I'm not uh, an expert on this but I trust the people who, who are um, we don't know how he will come back and if he will come back on, on the same level as he uh, as he uh, has has uh, at occasion been able to show, uh, and he's still a young player. Uh, let's not forget that. Um, uh, then we have Matip, uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 the evidence shows that Matip, uh, and how 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 however much we love him for his his quirkiness and 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 being able to 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 defend really well, um, he 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 doesn't. Last three games in a row, he he, he will uh, invariably be uh, injured again, uh, and 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 it has happened again, and and it does look like a groin injury, and I don't I don't think he will be back for for a couple of weeks at last, at least. Um, Fabinho has been a, a really good backup, um, you know, and, and 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 that would be doing him a disservice calling him a backup because he 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 has been our our best defender this this season, and he he could probably do a job there, and he could maybe even permanently do a job there. But this all still means we need a good player um, at at uh, the second position or the first position or the the third position, and, and with which I mean it, it could be a backup to uh, the first two uh, choice uh, central defenders. But uh, we need uh, good players there, and, and Reese Williams. Uh, had had a really really good game against Tottenham Hotspur, and uh, we really need to acknowledge that, and really need to acknowledge the fact that he's only 19 and he's not fully grown. And I I, th- I think it showed uh, when he uh, he was absolutely beaten for pace. Um, and you know he 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 I don't think he will be lightning fast in any time in his in his life, but he will be quicker than he is now. Um, it, he's got just not fully grown this is this is a simple biological fact it will take him at least until uh, 22 22 23 to be uh, to have his uh, to 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 be um, um, fully grown in in a biological sense so you could you, you it would be it wouldn't even be fair to to uh, to have so much responsibility on on a kid uh, his age so yeah, uh, um, uh, really is a long answer to, to to say. I think we really really need to get something, uh, someone in, and I, I, I we we must have had plans to uh, replace um, Lovren, to replace Matip, because uh, I don't think he has a. a, a yeah, you, know, you you can't trust him to to be uh, someone who can play a season long without injury. So you you need to have someone in there. 
who can replace him when he is injured. So, uh, yes, I hope we have plans, and I'm sure we have plans, and there have there are lists of attainable targets, and I hope we get someone who is uh, on those lists who, who we were already um, seeing as a candidate to, to, to get in in the summer. And, and, you know, we need to get in now six months earlier um uh, luckily it's it's almost january and i really hope we have someone lined up uh, who can uh, who can you know fill that position because we really need it um uh, being top or not yeah it, it's it's looking more and more like it's going to have to be addressed andy do you see do you see essentially if we're going to go into the market do you see us going out and looking for Van Dyke's next partner? No. Um I think I think I, I actually think I know it's very unlike Liverpool to go for a kind of stopgap or to bring something forward, for example like take for example the Van Dyke thing, like we waited basically over a year or, or was it half a year to, to actually to actually get him in and there was no stopgap there and and you know it's 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 very on Liverpool, it's very on Klopp, it's very on like FSG to do something like that. But I just don't think they've they've accounted for season long injuries to the likes of Van Dyke and Gomez and I don't think you can really attribute it to to poor planning either. I know like obviously last year we don't really have any cover at fullback whereas we have four very good center halves, relatively very good center halves. And, and this year we, we've obviously gone to three center halves. I'm sure Fabinho um, being able to play there as, uh, was taken into account, but relative is three center halves. And then uh, some brought somebody in, spent the money basically on a, on a guy who uh, we can give Robertson, uh, for whom we can give Robertson a rest. And it's uh, like, I, I, I really, I, I do think we definitely need to sign someone in January. I mean, Jimmy Carragher, I think, when Van Dyke and Gomez got injured, said go out and buy Uber Meccano on the first of January. And when he said that, I was just thinking, like, wind your neck in, Jimmy. Like, quite obviously, Liverpool are never going to do that. Have you seen how Liverpool have dealt with things in the last three, four years, or even just since since the FSG or Klopp came in? But for now, I think Reese Williams and Phillips look. I think they've done admirably when they've played. I think they've done really, really well for a guy who was supposed to be sold in the summer in Phillips for a guy who was playing non-league football last year, wasn't meant to be anywhere near the the first team this year in Reese Williams. I think they've done incredibly well when they've come in. However, if they if they become anything other than an emergency or a guy you throw in in the League Cup or when you've qualified in the Champions League or something like that, I think you have problems because I think you, you compromise the way you play. Um, so take Reese Williams, for example, you know, we we saw today the lack of pace. I actually don't think that the for the goal, Reese Williams can do much more. Curtis Jones puts him in a very awkward position. Unless you're gonna concede corners, and you need to know how to deal with them. You need to be able to get the second goal because I think, as Chief says, you, there there are you know teams teams will inevitably get chances, and you have to account for that. But we saw against Spurs, we saw today he was caught out with his pace, and as Burrell says, he will he will get quicker. But for now, if you're looking at depending on, on, on how bad Matip's injury is. And I, th- I think it's actually an adductor injury. And Klopp said it doesn't look very good. So you're looking at having to play somebody else there, you know, possibly for a month or two, maybe even more. Um, we're speculating, but I don't think Williams or Phillips can do that. In the case of Williams, 
you're going to end up either having to push the line back 10 yards to account for his lack of pace, or you're going to have to ask Trent to cut in, uh, to cover in for him a little bit more, nullifying him going forward. Um, same with Phillips. Phillips just isn't good enough on the ball to play for two months straight for Liverpool, his first choice. Uh, that's going to compromise how we play and how we approach games as well. I don't think you can do that. And I think somebody like a, I don't, I don't know whether whether you get an open Meccano wins who nobody else gets him. I think he's got a release clause. But maybe you told me, Dave, he, that doesn't come into play until the summer. Uh, but I heard it I was, heard that, I think. Yeah, I suppose nobody really knows and nobody's really supposed to know on those sort of things. But if there is something like um, a, a 35, 40 million release clause, I think, has been touted, do you just get him in to make sure City or United or somebody don't get him? And, and, and long term, look to have Gomez, Van Dijk and, and open Meccano fighting for those two slots. Do you go for a, a Kabak or a Kazakh or Kabak? I think it is at Schalke. Uh, I think, you know, he was being touted as only 10, 15, 20 million. Um, or do you go for, I think the other one we talked about in the pre-pod was Saliba at Arsenal uh, on loan, who you'd worry because he hasn't really got a look in there, but I think it has to be just somebody who can, who can come in. Uh, of course, if Matip's back in, in a week or two, we can probably get through it, but if it is longer term and if um, we're not expecting to see Van Dijk or Gomez, certainly until at least at the, the very end of this season, if at all this season. And I think you need somebody in there who, look, of course, whoever you get in isn't going to be of the quality what we want, but at least that we don't have to compromise the, what our style of play, our approach, at least, you know, somebody can come in and, and do the things of a club player. And of course, they're going to make mistakes. So they may even cost us points at some point, but I think it's at the point now where you, you know, you do need to get, you do just need to go in and get somebody. And I wouldn't have said that until, uh, until a couple of months ago. And I think obviously Fabinho's come in and done incredibly. Um, or sorry, I wouldn't have said that until, um, really until three of them were out long term. And if Matip is out long term, then it is three. And I think we do have a big problem. And if we don't sort it out, it could well cost us the league title. Um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely go in. Who specifically we get? I'd maybe favour. I'd maybe favour just a, either a cheap option or the loan option rather than going and spending fifty, sixty million just because I can't see us doing it. Um, but yeah, it, it certainly needs addressed. And I think if Matip's out for a month or two, um, and we're looking at Williams or Phillips playing there, um, we could be screwed. Yeah, um, Chief. There's a scenario developing here in my head. I was very much along the lines of Andy's thinking, where you know, if nothing, Liverpool are very loyal to their players, um, and Klopp is very loyal to his players, and he has a great relationship with the three centre halves that he has. Um, but I'm now starting to maybe think that we're going to have to call time on certainly one and maybe even two um, as reliable centre-halves that can do an entire season uninterrupted. You know, this is, uh, an, uh, this is something in isolation that's happened to Van Dijk. I know Gomez's injuries have been impact injuries if you like but there comes a point in a player's career where they have so many injuries that it actually changes the way that they move it changes the way that their body moves it changes the way they run they twist they turn they don't have the same level of mobility 
as they did. And it might only be a fraction less than they had before. But what that does is it compromises their body. And I am starting to maybe feel that with Gomez's last injury, that awful thing that you hear that there was no one near him and they just heard the snap or whatever it was. That's not normal, something that that happens. Um, and that's another really, really bad one. And I'm now starting to feel like, do we just have to go out and buy someone to play beside Van Dyke and look to have Gomez and Matip as the three and the four and maybe even just say to Joel, you've had a great time. Thanks very much, Bob. We're just going to cash in now. Yeah, I mean, I think that thinking must be must be there, must be prevalent at the moment amongst the people making the decisions at the top. Certainly, club must be now beginning to to see that loyalty or no loyalty, there are realities um, to be faced. I mean, Gomez has been a worry because he's just he's just really unlucky, uh, and someone who's that unlucky and gets that many serious injuries. You almost you, you feel for them like um like you say their impact injuries or they're they're happening when there's nobody else around which was the last one you heard a snap and all that what you've just talked about it's some people just I guess aren't made for the for the riggers um Matty gave us that wonderful season where we won the Champions League, but to be honest, it looks like that almost broke him because he's not really been able to string a run a ring, uh, run a games together since. Um, certainly not more than 10 in a row. Uh, and now we, we know, we hear that he, he he can't do two games in a week and and let's be honest, he struggles to he struggles to put back-to-back games together as it is now. Um, and that that's another injury. It's a different one this time, groin injury. So looks, it, it could easily be a couple of months. Um, certainly be a few weeks. And with the games coming thick and fast, uh, as Andy said, you really don't want to have to rely on on either Phillips or um, or Williams to have to play game after game. Uh, they should still very much be on the periphery. Uh, something like Phillips, it's been great for him because he's come in and done well. But let's be honest, he's not long-term Liverpool, so he's been in the shop window a wee bit. And maybe come the summer, you move, you manage to move him on for a fee. Um, but in the short term, work, you know, we do need a signing in January. And the thing is, there's no point in signing a uh, somebody who's not going to play. So whether it's a uh, we we chatted a bit about potentially Saliba being a rumor and um, or or even a, a Kabak who we've actually been strongly linked to for for quite a while. There's no point in signing them in January because we need them to play. Best one in the world. I don't think someone like Kabak is is ready to come in and play. He's playing for a team that that can't buy a win at the moment. The 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 the, the confidence must be at an all-time low. They're definitely going to get relegated this season. They were really lucky not to get relegated last season. So I'm just mentioning him just oh, just because he has been a strong rumour. And people say, oh, go out and get him. Go out, well, you go out and get him in January. It's no good. He's not going to be ready to play until September anyway. So if you are going out to make a sign in January, which I think we're all agreed we need to, then somebody it's got to be someone available. It's got to be someone who's who could come in and slot in and play 
after a week or two's training or, or even less. So I don't know what your options are then, what that leaves you with. I mean, Alaba's been touted as as potentially uh, an option. And in the short term for me, that would that would seem to make sense. But again, that's just circumstantial evidence in inverted commas. You know, the links with Klopp and, and, and Germany and Bayern and we've just signed Thiago and Alaba's known to be sort of going and on the periphery. And he is he does have the experience. He's got Champions League experience, of course. Yada, 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 yada. But there's nothing concrete behind that. But I think it's going to have to be somebody of that profile unless you are going out to sign Van Dijk's partner. And that's difficult in January. Personally, I would not be averse. To doing what uh, what what Jamie meant, Jamie Carragher mentioned. I I don't really like Jamie Carragher to be honest. He annoys me. He annoys the, and he does talk a lot of crap, like Andy said. Um, but on the on this occasion, not that he was right when he said it or anything, but on this occasion right now, the way you look at it, I wouldn't be averse to going out and signing Lucano in January or going out and signing you're another big lad who we've talked about for years and years and is still at Napoli. Kula Valley. Yeah, because I think. You're right. I think we do need quality. And if you can't get a stopgap there, and it's not that easy, let's be honest, unless somebody like Alaba maybe is available, then I think you do need to go out because I don't don't think it makes sense with the situation we're in and the way we are to go out and, and sign someone who may or may not make it and will and is a project and, and all the rest of it. That that's that's pretty useless in our current predicament. And I think futuristically, as well, or looking at the future as well, it, it doesn't make sense to, to be taking a punt. So either way, it's either a stopgap of quality, or it's it's the next your next player who you were going to get and you've managed to move forward and, and do a deal for. But something has to be done because, despite where we are, it's been a magnificent feat to handle the first half of the season or first almost half of the season as we have and be where we are. It's a huge ask to go and do the same again with no centre-backs in the second half. Yeah, see, yeah. on uh, on Matip, I actually, just in preparation for the podcast, when he went off, I had a look, because uh, what Chief was saying there uh, really interested me, what I was thinking uh, earlier on during the game. Um, and I had a look at him actually at Schalke beforehand, and I know sort of players' bodies change over time, and he was at Schalke, what, five years ago now? But I had a look from... When did we sign Mithup? Was it 2016? I looked the five yes. years. I looked the five years before that, and there's one year. I think it's 13, 14, where he has a couple of problems. But in the other four years in that period, he is in this at least in the squad for every single league game that season. This isn't a guy who like we signed knowing he was injury prone. And I think that point you make there, uh, Chief, about sort of the rigors of playing for Klopp. I like we saw that with kind of with Danny Ings. You know, he he wasn't that injury prone. We signed him. Couldn't couldn't really hack the intensity of the training under Klopp. Um, I think we like when Klopp came in because the players weren't used to that. Um, we we were in a, like a mad injury crisis when Klopp first came in. Like, remember we were playing the likes of Exeter and West Ham, and we seemed to be playing extra time in every game we possibly could. And we're like we recalled the likes of Thiago Alori from uh from his loan spell and stuff like that. And I think it's at the point now where these players, you know, it's nice to have Keita coming in. It's nice to have Chamberlain offering what he can, when he can, same with Matip. But there comes a point where these guys are taking up, you know, 100 grand a week, 150 grand a week in certain cases. And 
taken up a place in the squad and I think uh, we're actually at the limit for the number of foreign players we can register uh, and I'd be shocked if all three of Matip, Keita and Chamberlain are all at the club come next September Yeah, they're all it's, it does it's starting to feel a little bit like that and we're having this conversation obviously because the way the injuries have manifested themselves this year that they're happening concurrently. Um, and yeah, we understand that there's more games and we kind of knew that this was going to happen, but um, it's really had a massively adverse impact on some of the players that we knew weren't the perpetually available ones. And Andy's right. There's there's players like players like Matt and Keita have come in um, and there wasn't a hint of them missing games before they arrived. And whether it's Klopp, whether it's the league itself, whether it's the amount of games that are played, because remember, you know, Matip was coming from a, from Matip and Kyder are coming from an 18 team league with a lovely winter break, one cup competition. Um, so, you know, are we, are we nearly better looking, looking to, looking to the Premier League? Mm, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. That's, um, well, yeah, you, you, you make fair points, and uh, what Andy uh, just said is, is absolutely true. Um, yeah, I haven't looked up the, the, the numbers for, for Matip, but I, kn- I know for a fact that uh, Navigator was hardly ever uh, injured when he played for uh, Red Bull. Uh, uh, Leipzig, I, I, sh- I should say, Rasenballsport uh, Leipzig, and and Red Bull Salzburg. Um, so yeah, uh, and, and now he's he's you know he, he's not perpetually uh, uh, he's perpetually injured. You, you could say uh, he he when he plays, you know, almost for a fact that next game he he won't play. And I don't know if 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 we can say okay, then we need them. Uh, put through the test of the the, the Premier Premier League, and 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 then we know they won't be uh, because you know the same Ings uh, uh, it was a Premier League player, of course, you know just for one year at Burnley, but but still, um, uh, Gomez uh, has played, uh, you know, he came from Charlton, I know, uh, and and then he has played for us, but you know the type of injuries that they uh, and and they is uh, in this case it's Gomez and and Ings uh, I'm not sure it has uh, a lot to do with with how many games they played um, in fact they didn't play any uh, lots of games when they uh, got injured um, so yeah, it, 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 I think it will be a shortcut to think if you you get a player from the Premier League you know. They can they can stand the rigors. Um, we we've all heard uh, um, Werner from Chelsea um, complaining about <laughs> the, the Premier League being more more physical than he had thought and and, and moaning and and we, we we gloated probably about it and, and and said to ourselves that that's a bullet dodged. But he's probably saying something that uh, lots of players think and and and, and probably it is a, a more physical league. Then again, I don't think you can. Uh, account for the, the types of injuries that Thiago Alcantara had and 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 Virgil Van Dijk has, has suffered because they are impact injuries and uh, Virgil Van Dijk 
was never injured and has played every minute of last season. So th- th- it's 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 a bit of bad luck. Um, it's also I, I, if if there's any club in the world, uh, let alone uh, the Premier League, that has a a, 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 a good way of of determining of a play, if a player can can uh, play in a club team and 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 stay safe and stay healthy at the same time and 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 be available as a consequence of that. I think it would be us. So, but but some things aren't uh, aren't as as uh, you know as predictable as other things. Uh, I think um, things like injuries will be taken into account. Of course, you know if if a player has suffered uh, lots of injuries, then that's probably a good prediction of uh, the the amount of injuries that he will suffer in 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 the the rest of his career. At the same time. Uh, again, you know, Nabi Keita, as uh, as an example, um, he was a very sturdy player he, who, who hardly ever got uh, uh, injured. <clears throat> Pardon me. And and now uh, he he doesn't seem to be able to play a stretch of, of even two games, uh, let alone more. Um, yeah, I I don't think uh, it's it's as black and white as that. And uh, you know, um, people might say uh, Ben White might be a good option because he plays for Brighton and he played for Leeds last year so I, he knows and his body knows uh, how to deal with uh, with the English game but I, I don't think it's it's as simple as that um it's it's you can get lucky and you can get really unlucky with these things I think um we'll have to see and and i think when when they determine who is a good candidate uh, for these positions as we've talked about now uh, i think this is one thing that they will take into account and and try to determine as as well as they can chase do you think um i i feel there's an elephant in the room that we haven't discussed here um because we're acting like we're steady and we're just going to go out and buy who we want do we feel there's going to be some financial constraints when just, there obviously are going to be financial constraints, but how, how hamstrung do you think we're going to be? Um, because you're saying, and I, gr- I agree with you, I think now um, where I didn't necessarily have that standpoint before that I do think we do need to go out and sign real quality here um, because this is now a recurring issue with, with particularly the two centre halves that we have. Um, Gomez and Manap, and we do need to go out. We need to sign quality. But given the state of the state of play and um, how deals were structured this summer, Jota's in particular, Thiago's as well. Are we really going to be able to go out and do something that essentially wasn't built into the budget? Mm-mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, because you'd feel if we're going to have to, you'd feel if we're going to buy someone of that level, we're going to have to ship somebody out. We're going to have to, we're going to have to make a space, whether it's for registration reasons, for wage reasons, for transfer fee reasons. You know, it's not, it's, it's far from ideal. Absolutely, I mean, it's one of those, though, isn't it? It's 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 the same for everyone. Everyone is is in the same financial market, and football is is kind of struggling on. And you know, they're obviously making predictions now within the sport about 
when they're likely to see any kind of 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 increase in the number of fans that are allowed. Obviously, Liverpool are uh, in tier two, I think, at the moment, so they're st- they're they're getting some fans in, so they're getting some revenue. Um, but you know, this all depends on the wider political situation in terms of vaccines and and how quickly they're going to roll out and whether they mean that the the world is actually going to go back to some degree of normality with people being able to gather in large crowds and people being able to travel and all that kind of stuff. So it really all depends on their forecasts, doesn't it? I mean, I think for me, I'd probably make the same point now as I made in the summer, um, is that nobody can really afford to stand still. Uh, you can't afford really to wait and see. You've got to you've got to have your contingencies. You've got to have your plans, and you've got to just act them out and 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 basically hope that things things around you fall into place. And I think that's what we did in the summer. I mean, I remember if you go back, there was a lot of talk that we wouldn't sign anyone. Um, certainly, there was the humming and hawing over Tiago for a long time, which a lot of people thought we we weren't gonna we weren't gonna do the deal on, we weren't going to pay the money. In the end, it turned out we were pretty much nailed on to be doing that the whole time. Um, then we thought that was definitely it and, you know, we wouldn't make another big sign and we'd missed out in inverted commas on, on Timo Werner. A lot of people were annoyed about that, but it seems we had, we had, we had decided to move on from Timo Werner and we'd, uh, we wrapped up Jota very quickly and, and that looks, looks like a great signing, certainly before the injury. Um, and I think, we, I, I doubt we would have had any plans to make any moves for centre-halves in January, but certainly, as has been alluded to, we probably had an idea of maybe bringing in a, 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 a replacement centre-half uh, for, for Lovren and, you know, uh, this summer coming. And obviously, with the double injury and Matty now as well, it's almost a triple injury, given that he's injured most of the season in general, just with niggles. Um we really do have to move. So I, I think the short answer is that, yes, there will be financial constraints. The long answer is, but we'll work around them and manage to structure our deal in such a way to get the deal done, um, I would say, because it's really, really playing with fire not doing it, especially when you know you, you were probably planning to do it this summer anyway. Um, but as, as has been mentioned, um, it's it's really a huge risk not to not to make a move. But having said that, it's January and it's Liverpool. And would anyone would anyone? I know this is a legitimate question. Would anyone sitting around this table be would be shocked if we did had didn't hadn't signed a centre back by the end of January? No, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. No, it really wouldn't shock me either. It so, wouldn't shock me either. In fact, I think I probably expect that to be the case at this point. I I I would I would wouldn't be shocked because I know um, we are we are not that trigger happy, uh, especially at January. But at the same time, if you don't have the first two choice, the first choice uh, centre backs, two of them, <laughs> and plus the third choice, uh, arguably maybe even second choice, is is also injured for. Uh, Probably a long time. Um, I, I would be shocked if you don't address that issue. <laughs> see, yeah, see it quick, Dave, on that on the financial point you make there. Um, 
I, I don't pretend to sort of know the ins and outs of, of the finances and the, the people talk about cash flow and different things and this is liquid and this is liquid and this is whatever. But Swiss Ramble sort of uh, on Twitter do a decent roundup and you're able to sort of get a get an idea at the very least of how Liverpool work. And what you say about the, the thing like Jotto, it, it's five million this year and then it's bigger installments in future years. And I think there's a, a similar sort of thing with the Thiago deal. That's because next summer we're banking on clubs taking some of our assets. Like Burnley were interested in Harry Wilson in the summer there. Once they fans back in and they've a more stable uh, cash income coming through their coming through their gates and coming into their club, they'll be able to do something like that. And you know, next summer there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that the likes of Wilson, the likes of Origi, maybe even Shakiri, um, because like Shakiri has come in and, and done well this season, but. We're, we're used to, we know Shakiri can do that. Shakiri's never not been able to do that. We know what Shakiri can offer and he's worth 20, 25 million to us. And, uh, there's no doubt that that, that, you know, those types of players are gonna, are gonna have to be offloaded in the summer. I think, I think there will be a lot of, a lot of the dead wood sold on. And then if you go and buy, I know I keep mentioning it, but Upamecano for 40, 50 million, then you're looking at having to balance that as well. And you're already kind of struggling to, to balance to a certain extent if Origi does nothing this season realistically are you going to get 25 million for him probably not um so there's risk involved in that like especially if if a Shakiri or somebody gets injured in March for a year or whatever there's risk already and I just unless FSG are going to sort of change the business model and start pumping money in like you say like the way City do um and uh, and, and and say look you know this is a crisis and we, we have to do this if we want to fulfill our overall ambitions then then fair play but i just can't see them doing it and i think like a loan signing somebody hopefully better than cocker uh somebody you know um you know we, we talk about saliba arsenal bought saliba and their, their supporters are actually a bit surprised that he's not been playing and he has half a season under his belt playing first team for sanetian as well and if we had bought saliba there's no doubt i think that he'd be playing Week in, week, out, week in, week out for us right now, uh, especially with Matty injured. So I can see something like that happening, but I can't see a ca- a back, um, and unless Upamecano was designed for the summer and we're going to bring that forward, unless there was a plan in there already. Uh, I can't see something like that happening either. I just don't think that FSG are going to do it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's certainly a quandary. Um, I applied that same logic to the the Thiago transfer and was convinced that it wasn't going to happen because it went against every kind of blueprint that the the transfer team had set in the past. Um, but bang, it, it went and it happened. So I'm not going to rule it out just yet. And that might just be blind, desperate hope. But we'll wait and we'll see. All right. Um so, lads, it's Newcastle next. Um, just to wrap things up, give me a centre half to play with Fabinho. Tell me, does Thiago make the score and give me a score prediction, Beryl? Okay. Well, they play Callum Wilson up top, right? Yeah. Uh, or or uh, this uh, Jolinton who can't score, but is very physical. Um, there's a blueprint. Uh, I, I'm sure Steve Bruce will try to copy. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think we have any, any other choice than, than 
then play Ned Phillips now um, uh, alongside uh, Fabinho, and hopefully Ned Fabinho will stay uh, stay fit. Uh, and 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 for the rest, I think we will need to play the same team as we have played today, uh, and maybe Thiago is fit enough to play or play at least a half. Uh, if it isn't necessary, I wouldn't play him. Um, yeah, but it, 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 there is a lot of pressure on this game, I think, because we've lost points, and uh, there was a luxury. If we had won this game, it, it would have been wouldn't have been a catastrophe to 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 have a draw uh, uh, at Newcastle. But I don't think we have that luxury anymore. So we we need to win this game. So that means we need to play the strongest team again, um, which in this case I I think. Um, yeah, Klopp might go with Reese Williams because he, he seems to trust him now. But um, seeing the physicality of their forwards, I would go with Ned Phillips, and the rest of the team would be the same as as it was today. Yes, a score prediction, please, Beryl. Yeah, okay, my score a score prediction. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think we we do two off games uh, uh, in a row, so we will win this, and I don't know. Uh, with what margin we will win it, but I, I think this might be more comfortable than uh, it was today. So uh, at least two nil, I think, or three one, something like that. Okay, Chief. Same three questions. Who centre back partnership or pairing partner for for Fabinho? I guess pr- I would probably agree with Beryl. Uh, I would maybe play Phillips there. Um, although Williams does seem to be now the, the bona fide second choice, so maybe it will just be him. But it'll be one of the youngsters, I'm pretty sure. Um, certainly in the first half. Uh, what was the second part of the question? The third score prediction? Does, What's the Tiago, does Tiago play does a part? Does Tiago play? I think, I think so. I think so. Uh, I think if he's, if he's fully fit, then, then why not? We've been nursing him since the derby, which was when... October, quite a while ago anyway, long time. Um, yeah, October so, 17, something like yeah, that. Mid-October, so he must be ready, and if he is ready, then why not? This is the exact kind of game that um, we signed him for, really, um, the, the ultimate in, in low blocks. Um, it's quite funny, like, we, we seem to have shifted. I mean, I know Slam Village is not necessarily the most cosmopolitan managers to, to be gone, but... Um, we are now seeing more and more of the of the six at the back brigade re-emerging in the Premier League. Obviously, Allardyce is back. Uh, obviously, Bruce is a huge proponent of it. And um, don't forget my don't forget my uh, yeah, Vlad is, is, is managing <laughs> at Spurs, so you know he's got he's got his eight at the back, and it's just becoming a little bit more eelhouse again. The Premier League just quietly. Um, we had a bit of a bit of a, um, a high point there where we had a lot of really kind of progressive managers in um, in the last few years, you know, a real high point Guardiola Klopp, obviously Pellegrini at, at West Ham has obviously been replaced by Moyes, that's a step backwards certainly, and and so on and so on, so um, just just keep an eye out for that but certainly it'll be, it'll be eight at the back, and, and yes I do think we'll win, so Thiago starts and Liverpool win Fairly comfortably, I would I would say two 0 or three 0 Okay, Andy. Finally, 
Yeah, um, it could go either one or two ways. As Beryl says, like we're, we normally don't throw in a stinker twice in a row. Um, if we do, I can see it being difficult. You know, Callum Wilson has scored a few goals for them. Joe Linton, um, for all his failures in front of goal, can cause problems one way or another. Um, right, let me let me go through it. So centre half, I think it'll be Reese Williams again. Um, I think when it's Phillips, I think you could find a game just playing out, like us playing into their hands a little bit, starting to play them at their own game. I don't think Phillips is horrific on the ball or anything like that, but just the fact that he is a bit slower, he is a bit more of a... He's, he's more of a centre-half you'd see lining up for Newcastle than you would for Liverpool, whereas Reese Williams, as much as I have my doubts at the minute, um, f- based on based on sort of today and maybe, um, maybe Atalanta as well, as much as I kind of have my doubts about it, um, I would probably say let's just keep playing the way we're playing. Let's hope the the front three get their asses in gear. Let's hope that maybe a Tiago um, or somebody else can come in. Maybe Nabi Keita, I'm not sure where he is, uh, can come in, open up a bit more space. Chamberlain, whoever it may be, let's hope that we can just create a few more chances and put them away because we are actually very clinical when we make the chances. I think Mo Salah is something like a, an 88% big chance uh, conversion rate. Um, which is which is which is crazy, and I, I think if we create the chances, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll put them away. Um, so yeah, that that's basically what I'd sort of centre it around. These it's a massive game because in the next ten, and I know ten covers sort of more than half the league, not including us. We've got both Manchester sides at home. We've Everton at home. We've Leicester away. We've Spurs away, and we've we've Southampton away as well, which I think now can be considered a, a pretty tough fixture the way they're playing uh, under Hasenhutl. So I think Williams will play centre half, and I play Williams as well. Uh, I think Thiago will start on the bench, but may well be given half an hour. And score prediction: I'll go the Reds to turn up and win three-one. Okay, so until next time, and hopefully it will be a much more jovial next time. Um, never, never lost two league games on the bounce on the other top. So no, we didn't lose today either, Chief. Although it did That's feel, like, although it feels it, like a loss, it did feel it? like it. It really does feel like it. I think that's the that's the overriding, um, the overriding feeling, and I think just to finish on a real downer, um, those three games you were talking about, and I know there's three draws, but three draws, it's the same as a win and two defeats. And we can't really continue to uh, to to put those performances in, and and because there's this, I have this niggling, this niggling, horrible niggling feeling in the back of my mind that um, at 0809 season, when we drew like 10 or 12 matches or something, and we only lost one game, um, and we fell short, and we fell pretty much pretty short at the end. I think it was four points or something, but it was it was it was over before it was over, if that makes sense. And um, City are just quietly going about their business, not being very good, but not conceding goals and winning most of their games. So I have a slight concern, um, but hopefully Newcastle can dispel those fears. And until next time, up there must be better Reds.